Hey everybody, it's Pastor Isaac, lead pastor of Shore Christian Church, and I'm so excited that you are checking out this sermon. I pray that it blesses you. It is from our latest series, I Am, and this series focuses on the seven I Am statements of Jesus in the book of John. And we pray that this blesses you. If it does, we want to ask you to do two things. Uh, one, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can get more encouraging and empowering sermons like this every single week. And also, uh, if you want to help us get these sermons out to more people and uh, get the gospel out to, uh, to people that need it the most, uh, we encourage you to make a donation on the below link and it would be greatly appreciated. And we just pray that God blesses you through this sermon. Check it out. All right, so here we go. Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 40. And it says, on the first day, that's today, first day of the week, you are to take branches of palm trees and the burrows of thick trees and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days a week, all day, every day, I don't know what else to say except thank you, Jesus. And now go with me to John chapter 11. And we are going to be talking about the final I am statement of Jesus. Uh, this is my favorite. Uh, this has been a seven-week series. If you're new here, uh, we've been on this incredible journey of learning about, through the words of Jesus, who he is and what he came to do and what that means for us. And this is the final uh, sermon leading us up to Easter, which is next week. And uh, here we go. I'm going to start in verse 1. And it says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, uh, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Uh, Mary and Martha are very close friends with Jesus. They have him over for dinner uh, quite often. They're supporters of his ministry. And uh, we see in verse 3, so the sisters sent word to Jesus. Jesus was about two miles away from them, um, about, you know, in uh, um, Avon is, is kind of where Jesus was. All right, is that close? I don't know. I just threw it out there. And, and so the sisters went and said word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Your boy, your friend, your consigliere, maybe not the consigliere too much, but your friend is sick and you love him. Come and, and do what you do, Jesus. You're a healer. He's sick. We need you to be who you are. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this, six, this sickness will not end in death. Do I hear an amen? It's not going to end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus very much. So um, just to kind of set the scene, I feel like the, the author of this book is setting the scene for a miracle because Jesus has performed 26 miracles up to this point. Uh, he has laid hands on people, the sick, they have recovered, every single one of them. And now there is somebody who Jesus loves dearly. This is his friend. He ate dinner with Lazarus. They are tight. They are boys. And, and Mary and Martha are very close to Jesus. And they send word to Jesus, the one you love is sick. Come now, because this, I don't know how much longer he's going to be alive. We need you now. Get over here now. Take the next Uber, the next donkey. However you get over here, we need you now, Jesus. And so the next verse, verse 6, says, So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, 
Jesus immediately left, came to the place Lazarus was lying, and healed him. Awesome, right? Because that's what, that's what I think Jesus should do, right? Because it's his boy, it's his friend, and he's sick. And you have the ability to heal Jesus, so you're going to show up right on time. You're going to lay hands on him. You already said this is not going to end in death. You need to get there fast. So, so that's the, 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 the PIF version, Pastor Isaac Friedel. But that's not what, what happened. It says, verse 6, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. That's confusing. That's disappointing. It was Tuesday, April 9th, my birthday. Turned 35. Let's give it up. And, and so we, we, we had an amazing dinner. Uh, Diamond took me out to uh, this lovely Mexican restaurant called, called uh, Barrio Castero. Casteri. No, I don't know. What is it? Barrio something. Something with a vowel. Uh, and so we went there for uh, my, my birthday dinner. It was amazing. Incredible night. Uh, delicious food. Uh, and then uh, um, we went home. Uh, I'm home with Diamond and uh, watching the Mets dominate. Mets, Mets are, are, I think, nine and five, my best record in the National League on their way to, um, I'm not going to say it because I jinx myself all the time, but I was watching the Mets dominate and uh, I'm hoping that maybe I would get a little birthday love, you know, I would get, you know, the, the call into the room, but that was not the call that I got. I, I got the call, Isaac, get in here, and I was like, maybe, maybe, birthday, you know, uh, and so I come in and she's like, oh my God, I think I peed the bed. I was like, Oh no, that's disgusting. <laughs> and then she stands up and just like, like, like the volcano of Krakatoa, just like the amount of water that just poured out of this woman, I mean, all over the bed. I'm like, oh my God, this has never happened to us before because both of Diamond's other pregnancies, she was induced, so her water never actually like broke in public or private home. Like, like I didn't know what to do. So we're panicked. Uh, um, you know, what do I do? Do we have a bag? We didn't have a bag. We were not prepared for the bag. Uh, so I'm running like all over the house. Like, what do we need? How long are we going to be there? Like, what, what? So I'm grabbing the suitcase. Diamond calls her doctor. Uh, we've delivered all the babies at Mammoth Medical. We have this amazing doctor, Dr. T. That's not his real name, but his name is really long. So we just call him Dr. T. And so Dr. T says, call me if your water breaks. We call Dr. T. He's like, oh no. We're like, what, Dr. T? He's like, this is the only night where your water can't break. We're like, why? He's like, because I'm not at my hospital. I'm at the hospital all the way in Tom's River Community Hospital. And this is the first time I've ever really worked over there. And so we're like, oh no, what do we do? So we drive over to the hospital community in Tom's River. Um, where, you know, I get in the car. I'm like, Diamond, is it all out? Because I don't want to get that in my car. Uh, you know, are you sure? Like, like, this baby's not coming for a while, right? I saw this YouTube video of someone that gave birth in a car, and I cannot have that in my car. Like, like we need, so I'm, I'm flying down the parkway to get to Community Hospital in Tom's River, and uh, uh, we get there, Dr. T's there, and uh, we, we finally arrived, and then, you know, the, the, the night began to, you know, develop, and we'll get to that later on this sermon, but I'll tell you one thing I didn't do. When that water broke, I didn't stay two more nights and see what happens. <laughs> Jesus, because it was an emergency, right? That's an emergency. 
Water breaks, emergency, you go. Your best friend is sick, he's about to die, you go. That's an emergency. That's what I would do, that's what you would do. But Jesus doesn't do that. I'm disappointed in Jesus. Have you ever been disappointed by Jesus before? When you, in your expectations, thought he was going to operate a certain way, and then he didn't, I'm, I'm disappointed. It says, and then he said to his disciples, after he stayed two more days, all right, now let's go to Judea, verse 11. And after he had said this, he went on and told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to go there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Idiots. The disciples never got what Jesus was saying. So finally, Jesus was like, all right, I got to say this plainly. Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. So let us go to be with him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that, may, that we may die with him. A little dramatic, Didymus. Next time someone's dramatic in your life, say, easy over there, Didymus. Diddy. And so, st stayed four nights. He's been dead four days, and now Jesus is on his way. I put up uh, on, uh, on Facebook yesterday, uh, has anyone ever been disappointed by God? You guys are hysterical. You are so holy, it's ridiculous. Like, it's okay to be real. Like, after you're finished polishing your halos, like, come to the real church, okay? <laughs> Sorry, we don't have any angels at this church. We have people, okay? And, and so it's hysterical. No, never been disappointed in God, ever. God is good. God is good. Is he? Oh, oh you had to think about it, didn't you? <laughs> because there was that one time. There was that other time. Uh, I, I remember uh, we, we sang a, a few times this one song, um, King of My Heart by Bethel. And uh, it, it says, part of the song, He'll never, no, no, that wasn't it. You're, you know, you're, am I, I got it now? Never gonna let, never gonna let me down. Oh, sing it with me. Down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let. Really? It, really? I remember the first time after we sang that with my mom, we went out to lunch. Sorry to put you on the spot, mom. Uh, but my mom's like, I don't like that song. <laughs> I'm like, why is that, Mom? She's like, because there's been times in my life where I feel like he has let me down when my husband died. And I never even had a chance to say goodbye to him. And I feel like he's let me down. And I feel like if you're honest with yourself, take your halo off, realize there's been times I have been disappointed by God. I know we met with our uh, our. our board of elders, and we met with them on Monday, and uh, we were talking about this, and everyone was kind of sharing the moments that they were disappointed by God. Not talking about like Fugazi disappointments, like you went to Chick-fil-A and you asked for a 12-piece and you got 11. Not talking about like those kinds of disappointments. I'm talking about real disappointments, like, uh, like we prayed and they died. I'm talking about 
being betrayed. I'm talking about barrenness. I'm talking about real disappointments in our life that, that we faced and we talked about them. And it was a powerful time. And we talked about how we were able to get through them because this is what I'm going to say. And, and this is not going to get you a lot of likes on Facebook. Didn't get me many. Uh, is that following Jesus, you will be disappointed at times. Period. End of sentence. You are going to feel like Mary and Martha felt in this passage where you followed Jesus. You did everything that you were supposed to be. Mary and Martha, they did everything that they were supposed to be. They sent word to Jesus. They called on the name of the Lord. They were close to Jesus. They were part of his, his, his group. They followed him. And yet in their greatest moment of need, two days. And you were two miles away in Avon. Could have been here in 30 minutes. And it didn't even say he was doing anything important. It just said he stayed two more days. It didn't say that he was holding crusades. It didn't say he had healing lines. It didn't say that, that he was preaching sermons. It just said that he stayed two more days because he wanted to. I, I mean, we've all been disappointed by God. And we have this gap, don't we? I almost called this sermon, What's Your Gap? Because we've, we, we all have one. And I'm going to be straight up with everybody. You come into this church, you're going to hear the real gospel. That when you follow Jesus, it's not going to be all rainbows and butterflies and you're going to get to sip your latte and drive your SUV and everything is going to go perfect with you and there's going to be no crisis and there's going to be no trial and no sickness. No, 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 no. If you follow Jesus, there will be moments where you feel disappointed in him because you did everything you thought you were supposed to. And he stayed two days. Following Jesus. Just ask John the Baptist. This guy, John the Baptist, he prepared the way for Jesus. John the Baptist was in prison. And he called for Jesus. Jesus, come. Did Jesus come? Didn't come. John the Baptist got his head cut off. John the Baptist was disappointed. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to be funny, you people. Being serious. Disappointed. Everyone thought Jesus was going to be born in a palace with, with two people of, of, of uh, great dignity. No. Virgin birth in a stable, a scandal. Everyone thought that she got knocked up by some random people at a Nazarene nightclub, and it turned into a scandal. They were disappointed. When Jesus was 12 years old, his parents were, were, were with him, and they went to Jerusalem for, uh, uh, for, for the uh, Sabbath. And uh, they're, they're in Jerusalem, and they lose Jesus. Where is Jesus? Jesus is in the, the temple arguing with the pastors. And Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, go and they say, what are you doing, Jesus? We're leaving. We almost lost you. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. They're like, oh, she 12 years, son of God, get over here. And I'm like, disappointed. There was a time Peter was, was really disappointed in Jesus. Peter's uh, mother-in-law was was deathly ill, and Jesus healed her. Peter was disappointed. <laughs> A lot of people believe that's the reason why Peter denied Jesus. <laughs> disappointed. We're celebrating Palm Sunday, and this moment, Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Everyone's got their palm branches out. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
And then a few days later, when they realized that it was gonna cost them something to follow Jesus, to worship Jesus, they're not yelling, blessed is he, they're yelling, kill him, crucify him, we don't want him. Because they were disappointed. It's disappointing when you find out that somebody else has a different plan than you. But the reason that they have a different plan than you. The reason God has a different plan than you is because he has a different perspective than you. Let me tell you what God's plan is. Let me tell you what his perspective is. He says it in verse four. Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Everybody was disappointed in Jesus except for the one person who sent him. And if you live to glorify yourself, if you live to bring comfort and ease to yourself, if you live to bring forth your agenda, then you are going to be constantly disappointed in Jesus. But if you can make the switch and get the perspective that my life is to be lived to glorify the one who sent me, then I am telling you, you will be able to get through the disappointments in your life. If you could say, I know that God can get the glory through what I'm facing. And, and just to be real, if we're not being that already, I think we disappoint God a lot more than he disappoints us. I, I mean, let, let's, just, let's just be honest because, I, and I'm not saying it wasn't bad. I'm not saying what, what happened to you wasn't very difficult. I'm not saying what, what happened to you wasn't uh, unfair. It was. It was bad. It hurt. But if you're honest with yourself, you have disappointed God way more than the times that he has disappointed you. And if you get that perspective, then you will be able to realize I am who I am, like Paul said, by the grace of God. The only way I'm able to get through things and the only way I'm able to clap these hands that I have is because of the one who sent me. It was about 3.30 in the morning when uh, uh, we were still in the hospital. We'd been there. Uh, BT Dub, the worst time for the water to break is midnight. No idea what day it was for about three days. I'm just figuring that out now that it's Sunday morning and I'm in front of you people. I just got that context down. But it was 3.30 in the morning. I was half asleep. And, and then all of a sudden, these doctors came in and uh, they, they said uh, to my wife, this is the last time you want, you want to get your epidural. Time is like, yes, now hit me with two of them things. You know, and, and so and the lady next door to us did not get an epidural. Oh my God. <laughs> It's like a slaughterhouse in there. We were just freaked out. But anyway, Diamond got the epidural, and uh, the guy comes in, and he's like, you, get out now, pointing to me. I'm like, me? I'm the husband. He's like, I don't care who you are. Get out. You can't be in here when she's getting the epidural. So it's 3.30 in the morning. I get kicked out of the room. I say, how long is this going to take? 45 minutes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I'm out there. I, I don't have my phone on me. I don't have shoes. I don't know where I am. I'm, I'm hallucinating. It's 3.30 in the morning. Like, am I dreaming right now? Did, like, did our water really break? Where am I? And in that moment, Diamond's doctor, Dr. T, like, starts me, came from behind me. And um, he, he asked me like, like how I was. I was like, I'm, I'm doing okay. And then, and then I go to Dr. T. I said, how are you doing, Dr. T? And this is what he said. And it was one of the most powerful statements I've ever heard. He said, I'm doing better than I deserve. And, and I, I perked up and I got my notebook out and I, I said, that'll preach, baby. Because I've been through moments where I, I'm doing bad. I'm not doing good. But I'll tell you what, no matter how bad you're doing, you're still doing better than you deserve. 
No matter what goes wrong in your life, no matter what disappointments you face, no matter what expectations get blown up in your face, you are doing better than you deserve. If you're honest with yourself, what you deserve, Jesus took for you. It was redirected to him on the cross. So no matter what I go through, no matter what disappointments I face, no matter what pain I face, I know that I'm always doing better than I deserve. So that's going to be my response from now on, is you ask me how you're doing better than I deserve, baby. You know, say that with me. I'm doing better than I deserve. Say it like you mean it. I'm doing. Say it like God's grace has been good to you. I'm doing. That's right. If you could get that perspective, not saying you won't be disappointed, but you'll be able to get through it from a different attitude, different altitude, and a different aptitude. Because I'm doing better than I deserve. And I want my life to glorify you, God. I may be disappointed, but I'm doing better than I deserve. And Mary and Martha, they were disappointed. And verse 11, finally, Jesus makes his way to the, with the disciples. Verse 18, it says, Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary's home, their residence, to comfort them in the loss of their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, I love this, she went out to meet him. I would. I, I can't prove this, but in my imagination, she came out there just hand on the hip. <laughs> nice of you to show up, Jesus. What, what was there, some spotty cell phone service over there in Judea? You sure got our message when we were inviting you over for dinner that night. You weren't late for that. And she's disappointed. And then she says this statement. She, she says, Jesus, she meets him out there. If you had been here, my brother would still be alive. If you had. If you, you, you ever allow that to dominate your, your thoughts? If you had. If you had been there for me when I was a child, if you had protected me, if you had allowed my two parents to stay together, maybe I wouldn't be so jacked up now. But when I was a kid, I had to do the four Christmases. I didn't know what was up. I never, never felt love of a father. If you had given me a good dad, maybe I could be a good dad. If you had protected me when I was a kid and not allowed that, that abuse to come on me, then maybe I wouldn't be so messed up right now. If you had been there for me, if you had directed me in a new way, maybe the person that was in that car accident would still be here. If you just been there for me. If you just didn't allow me to go down that road. And I feel like there's so many people that, that that's... That's what dominates your thinking. If, if you didn't let me be born this way, maybe I could do more for you. If you had, if you had. But what I love about Martha is Jesus doesn't even respond to her, but Martha answers her own dichotomy. Martha answers her own question. And I'm sure with, you know, she's, she, she's emotional. She's crying. She's quivering. This is, this is what she says, verse 22, after she, she goes through all of that venting and gets it all out, this is what she says, but I know that even now, God, you will give 
whatever I ask in your name. Can you have an even now faith? That even now, even though I've been disappointed, even though there were some things in my past I wish you had stepped in and stopped, even now I'm able to still put my faith in you. Even now I'm still able to lift my hands and worship you and thank you and proclaim I'm doing better than what I deserve. Even now faith is what moves mountains. It's not the faith in the good times. It's the faith when you're going through disappointments that is able to make the angels jealous. It's that amount of praise. It's that amount of proclamation to God when you are going through hell in your life, and yet you are still able to keep your faith in a God, in a Jesus that does things in an unconventional way that allows you to go through things that you never thought you should go through. But even now, I'm sorry that I'm screaming, but I've been through some things. And I've seen God move, and I've seen what God has for me on the other side of my disappointments. And I'm able to proclaim that even now, I could worship you, God. Even now, I could put my faith in you. I don't need all the questions to be answered before I step out in faith. And I know that even now, you could, you could move in my life. And you have that faith. It's not easy having even now faith. So every single one of you is going to be severely tested. Every single one of you is going to get a report that shakes your faith to the core. Every one of you is going to be saying, if you had, God, if you had. But I love what the book of Leviticus tells us to do. The book of Leviticus, it was the first scripture I read. It said, on the first day of the week, I want you to come into the house of the Lord, and I want you to have your palm branches in one hand. Everybody's got their palm branches. Who's got their willow branches? Oh, you guys didn't get willow branches on your way in? Somebody's getting fired. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm the only one with a willow branch. But see, the, the, the palm branch, what does this represent? What did we say in the beginning of the service? Victory, yashana, right? Victory. I mean, this looks like victory, doesn't it? This looks like good times. This looks like a beach somewhere. It, it looks like I'm feeling good. I'm doing good. I got a palm branch in my hand and I could come into the house of the Lord during good times and be able to worship God because I have victory. But it doesn't say that. It says come with a palm branch in one hand and a willow branch in the other. This willow branch don't look so good. This don't look like a palm branch. They're actually called weeping willows. Did you know that? And, and a lot of you, you go through willow seasons, don't you? Where it's not all rainbows and sunshine and beaches and victory and all my expectations being met. But I've gone through some willow days. But I love what the Bible says. It says whether you're going through good times or you're going through willow days, you come into the house of the Lord rejoicing and with praise because he is still the God of the willows. He's the God of the palms. He's the God of the mountains. And he's the God of the valleys. And I don't know about you. You ever go through a willow and a palm day all in the same day? Yeah. Where it's, it's a palm day to start, baby. And then in one moment, it could go, it could change real quick, can it? So what you going to do? Curse God and die? Or bless God and live? So I shared in the first service, and 
Um, so um, Dewey, uh, Dewey uh, came out, and I say came out, man, that, that ladies, you are unbelievable. I have to say, uh, we have this, v Vanessa, I don't know if you're, there's this girl, Vanessa, twins, you're, you're like my hero. Oh my gosh, it is incredible. I mean, b being in there, um, nature at its finest, nature can be a little disgusting, just, you know, oh my gosh. Like the birth process, the miracle of birth can make you cringe a little bit, okay? I, and so uh, uh, Dewey came out, he, he's got like, it looks like he's wearing a toupee. We have a picture of him. Uh, throw him up there. <laughs> it looks like, like like he's a baby wearing a toupee. And uh, uh, saw the, saw the head. Yeah, you could you could clap your hands for for Dewey Jensen. And uh, the, the head starts coming out. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's huge. And then the shoulders came out. I'm like, oh my god, it's like Lawrence Taylor coming out of. Di I'm like, oh my god. Diamond, don't look. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thank God they don't have mirrors. You know, <laughs> Whew. And, and so and so it, was, it came out, and and uh, I, I cut the umbilical cord, and and uh, I'm holding them. Diamonds holding them. We're we're crying and everything, and and it's it's so it's so amazing. It's so incredible. What a, what a great moment. And take take a, a couple pictures, throw them on on Facebook, and uh, uh, we had we had the kids that were supposed to be meeting us here, and uh, and not here, but at the at the hospital, and uh, put on Facebook like the the, the the time, how much he weighed. You know, God is awesome. God is amazing. This is incredible. And then um, they, they take the baby so that the baby can go get cleaned up. And we call my mom and we tell mom, go get the t-shirts the, the for the kids. Because we got these cute t-shirts, like precious moments t-shirts that, that say like, like, like big brother, big sister, like put the kids in the t-shirts. This is going to be one of those incredible hallmark moments where we're going to be able to capture and put on our, as our cover photo on Facebook and get 10,000 million likes. This is going to be amazing. We might even get a contract with, with Hallmark with this, with this picture that we're going to be able to get in. And so the, the kids show up at, at the hospital and they got they got their shirts on and everything and they're all ready and uh, my mom's there and uh, um, we're all ready for, for them to get to meet Dewey and and all of a sudden the doctors come out and say there's something that that uh, um, we, we got to deal with um, there's something that we got to um, take Dewey in for surgery for and uh, the kids can't see Dewey right now we got to have him transferred to another hospital and we went from a palm branch to a willow, just like that. And you've never been there. And we went from tears of joy to tears of pain, just like that. And the doctors, you know, they, they give you all the different scenarios and stuff and sitting there with Diamond and, and you know, we're, we're crying, we're emotional and and I remember looking at my phone and seeing the picture that I just put up and seeing what I said, God is awesome. God is still awesome. God is amazing. God is still amazing. Whether you're holding a palm or a willow, God is awesome. And they, they, took, they took Dewey and, and he had to do a little, little surgery on his belly button. There was um, something that they had to fix. And now, I mean, he's, he's doing amazing. He's, he's going to be home hopefully next week, and we'll, we'll have him in church in a couple weeks. And, and I'm so thankful that we serve an awesome God. And, and, and I realized that, that it turned around real quick for, for me, but I realized that so many of you have gone through even more difficult things than that, even darker reports than that. 
and Jesus stayed two days longer than you thought, and, and, and yet, are you going to praise God only when you're holding a palm branch, or can you praise God when you're holding a willow branch? Because let me tell you, God will never turn his back on you. And God is always going to be able to be there for you. He may never be early, but he's always right on time. And he will always make a way where there is no way. And he will always give you the grace to be able to carry you through. We have people in this church who have lost children. We have people in this church who have gone through dark times in their life. And I'll tell you, the only way that you're ever able to get through those disappointments is through the power and the grace that God will give you freely. He will help carry you through every dark moment and he will turn it into glory for him. I don't know how, but I know who. I don't know how, but I know who. And that's why when Jesus says, I am, he doesn't say I was or I will be. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I am the resurrection and the life for you. I am the vine. If you stay connected to me, you will never be able to grow weary or barren in your life. I will bear fruit in you, but it's not always that easy, is it? And Mary and Martha are, are disappointed in Jesus. And then all of a sudden, Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. And then Martha answered and I say, and says, I know one day he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Isn't that what we do? We always go to the past or we go to the future. If you had been there, or maybe one day you will, but what about right now? Can God do it for you right now? Can God be able to step into your situation right now and be able to do a resurrection in your heart right now? Can he heal you right now? Because a lot of people, I, I feel like they, they think God is, is, is something in the past or maybe someday, but God says, I am an ever-present help in your time of need. I'm not in the past. I'm not in the future. I'm here in the middle with you. I'm not afraid to get in the mess with you right here in the middle. And then Jesus says, I'm not the I was or the I will be. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live even though they may die. And then when Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled and, and says, where have you laid him? Jesus asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then verse 35 is my favorite verse when I was 11 years old because I had it memorized. And it only took me a minute. Jesus I was a little slow when I was 11. It took me a minute to, but, but this is what it was. Jesus wept. Why is that significant, Pastor Isaac? Because Jesus knew that he was going to see Lazarus again. He knew that. But yet, it doesn't change the pain of the here and the now. See, I, I know that you've gone through some, some difficult things and, and you, you've lost some people. I've lost some people and, and, and I know that I'm going to see them again. I know that, but it doesn't change the pain of the here and now. And I believe Jesus in these two words lets us know it's okay to mourn. It's okay to be weak. It's okay. I cried. I was sorrowful too. I lost my best friend and I wept. And then it says that Jesus took action. He wept, and then he took action. Verse 
39, he said, take away the stone. But Lord, Martha said, the sister of the dead man, Lazarus, by this time there's a bad odor, for he's been dead for four days. Four days is, is significant. Why is that significant, Pastor Isaac? Because Jewish culture would teach you that, that three days, after three days, the spirit had departed from the body. And, and they, they believed that, that the first day, the second day, the third day, that there could be a, a, a resurrection. There, there could be life that can come back into this body. But, but after the third day, it's over, baby. It, it's done. It's finished. That, that spirit, to be absent from the body, to be present with that, that, that spirit is, is, is out of here. And there is no way. But Jesus, I believe the reason why he waited is because he wanted to give his disciples, he wanted to give the world a miracle that they had never seen again. He didn't want to just do a healing, but he wanted to be be able to do something that they didn't think was possible. And a lot of times God will allow us to go through things so that it could be, bring him even more glory. I don't know why he does this, but he does it to bring glory to him. And this is what he, he says. It, it's, it's, a, it's a bad smell. It's an odor. He's been in there for four days. Don't go in there. A lot of people don't want God to go in certain places of their life because they smell. It's been a long time. I rolled a stone in front of that a long time ago. I gave up on that a long time ago. I don't even want you to see that. It smells in there. It's bad. Don't go in there, Jesus. It's not worth it. It's not worth re restoring. It's not worth recovering. It, it's over. It was bad. I'm ashamed of that. Just keep that stone over that part of my life. But Jesus says, roll the stone away, baby. And so they rolled the stone away. Verse 41, so they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. He said specifically Lazarus, because if he did it, every single dead body in that vicinity would have got up. <laughs> so he had to be specific. And he said, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out with his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is things that could come alive that have been dead at the mention of his name. But, but what, I, what I, I, I see in this passage is he came out, but he was, he was alive, but he was hopping. Because he was like this. He was a mummy. Mummy Lazarus comes out of that. Hopping around. And, and I feel like that's the way, way a lot of you guys are. Bunch of mummies in here, short Christian church. You, you, you've, been, you, you've been raised to life by Jesus, but you're still bound by who you used to be. A lot of people in church, they know Jesus. But they're still bound by the, by the same old bitterness. They're still so, such a victim mentality. They, they're still bound by addiction. They're still bound by all these sins from their past. And they come out of the tomb, hopping. They're alive, but you're like this. That's why you can't get your hands up to worship God, because you're bound. <laughs> mummy. Turn to the person next to you and say, are you a mummy? I hope not. They freak me out. Lazarus comes out hopping. Jesus doesn't stop with just forgiving your sins. He wants to set you free. And that's what he does. This is what he says. Oh, this is so good. 
This is so good. You guys get excited about the Bible like I do. I love the Bible because it is alive and living and it can speak to wherever you're at in life. And this week, man, I needed God's word. I needed him to get, I don't know how you people live. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, I don't know what I would do without Jesus. I don't know what I would do without, without worshiping him and putting on worship music when I don't know what that report is gonna read and I don't know why God allowed this in my life. I'll tell you, it is Jesus that carries us through. And if you don't have that in your life, you will be broken, you will be depressed forever. It is Jesus that will bring you out of the tomb, nothing else. So you have to learn to put your hands together and thank God. You have to learn to be able to proclaim, I'm doing better than I deserve because your moment will come. Or it will come again. How will you respond? Can you say even now? Or will you say, I've had enough? I'll tell you what. There is such an adventure on the other side of your even now. And they said, even now, we believe. And Lazarus came out and then, this is what Jesus said to him. He doesn't stop there. That would be a bad father if he let him come out of the tomb and allowed him to hop around the rest of his life. It'd be embarrassing for Lazarus. It would be embarrassing for Jesus. I wonder if Jesus is sometimes, my gosh, why don't they take their old clothes off? I've set them free. Why do they keep putting on those disgusting grave clothes every single day? Jesus said to him, take off your grave clothes and let him go. Jesus declares, I am, so that we can realize who we are. I am. So you are. And this series has been, has been powerful as we've, as we've been declaring who Jesus is. And we could put up, this is the, uh, the, the, the logo that we've had for, for this series. And, and we started off by saying, I am the bread of life. That I am the one who is able to provide for you. I am Jehovah Jireh. And I don't always provide for you the same way, but I will always provide for all of your needs according to my riches and glory. He is the bread of life. He's not a piece of bread. He's a baker that he could continue to bake and get you through all of the seasons of life. He's the bread of life. And, and then he's the resurrection. And he's the light. And he's the life. And he's the door. He is my access point. If you need to get in and safe, he's it. He's the good shepherd. And then today we find out that he is the resurrection. But what, what, what we don't see is what's hidden in all of this. And, and this is where I want to land this sermon going into Easter. Because who he is, I am set free. Because of who he is, I am set free. Say that with me. Because of who he is, I am set free. Say it like you mean it. Because of who he is, I am set free. Now put your hands together and praise the Lord that you are set free. And you don't have to keep hopping around any longer. It's about time you took your grave clothes off. It's not cool. It's not cool being a mummy. 
You know what's cool? Being set free. Because then I could be who God's created me to be. I don't have to be bound by depression of my past. I feel like so many people are, are so depressed because of what they've been through, what, what they've done, and, and then they have all this anxiety about their future and, and what if. And God says, just live in the moment and be set free. You're set free today. Stand to your feet if, if you're able to. If you still got your palm branch, I want you to just put that in your hand right now. And I want you to take your other hand and pretend like you have a willow in the other hand. Let's just bow our heads right now. Lord, I thank you that whether I have a palm in my hand this morning or I have a willow in my hand, I thank you that you are the God of the willows and the palms. If, if you're in a, a palm season right now, I just want you to put your... I'm sorry, if, you, if you're in a willow season right now, I just want you to lift up your hand right now. If you're in that willow season, lift it up high. Don't be ashamed, man. God, you see these hands right now. They're in a difficult time. They've been disappointed. But God, I pray that that even now faith will come alive in them. That they could look disappointment in the eye and said, I know that even now God can do a miracle. Even now I know that God can roll the stone away. Even now I know that God can set me free. And I'm not going to allow this sadness to dominate my life. I'm not going to allow this sadness to make me curse God. I'm not going to allow this sadness to break me because I serve the God who says that he will be able to give me the oil of joy for mourning. That weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. When God created the first day, the Bible says that the evening and the morning were the first day. Why? Because God never ends in darkness. Amen. Amen. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to have your doubts. But don't ever let them stop you from going and meeting Jesus. Because he's coming. Meet him. You may have turned your back on him, but he will never turn his back on you. And he can get glory out of even the worst, smelliest situations in your life. If you could get that perspective, that my life that I have, my mission is to bring glory to God. And he can get glory out of any season of my life. Paul put it like this. This is for somebody. Do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, he will lift you out and lift you up. Let's just bow our heads. Father, we thank you this morning for your, your word, Lord. I pray, Father, for every disappointment, 
pray, God, for, for everyone who has gone through a season where things didn't turn out the way that they expected. Pray that that even now faith will come alive in their heart. That they could be able to proclaim, even now, I know that you can move in my life. Even now, when I think that you're late or it's over, I know that you could bring glory through the latter years of my life. Even now that I've wasted so many years, even now that I've made so many mistakes and I've been so selfish and I've, I've hurt others and, and, I, and I've, I, I've been such a, a, a person of, 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 of bitterness, I know that even now you can roll the tomb away of my heart and you could bring it back to life that I could live again. I don't have to be a mummy, but I could be free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And that's me in Jesus' name. Do you receive it? Do you receive it? Put your hands together and say, I receive it, Jesus. Amen. Amen.